Hello and welcome to the Week in Review. Um, as last week uh, Luke wasn't here, this week Michael isn't here. I'm joined by Luke Perry. Luke, how are you, sir? Yeah, very well. Re- reversal of fortune this week. Curzon's mm. currently on the way back from Wales and mm. uh, I feel it's my duty to talk about the weather as, as you are the one introducing me. So now we've talked about this a lot. It's the uh, deceptive autumn sunshine where... Uh, this luminosity, if in July, would be very warm, but no, that is, that is not the case anymore. In fact, it's worse because there are no clouds to keep the heat in. So, um, yeah, just, and I'm sure it will get progressively colder as the weeks go on. Well, we're, um, we, we were gearing up to do a, a sort of, you know, sort of fairly box standard episode of the Week in Review. Um, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon. Um, so, I mean, to obviously anyone listening in the UK, which is probably the bulk of our audience, um, you'll know that um, uh, this afternoon, the uh, the Conservative uh, MP, uh, my MP, actually, the MP for my, my local area, um, David Amos, uh, has been killed. Um, he was he was stabbed at a, uh, at a, at a surgery. Um, it didn't seem like it was particularly serious at first, because I, I was saying to you, he was being treated at the scene, but uh, we have now got the news that... Um, Sir David has uh, unfortunately passed. Um, I thought we could begin just by uh, sharing a few of my own experiences with um, David. Um, I, being someone who's you know, or was rather politically engaged in the South End area, um, I met Mr. Amos numerous times. Most recently, about a month ago, um, and I honestly, and this, this isn't just me saying it in a through decorum or respect, but he he genuinely was one of the good ones. Um, he was a you know ordinary bloke, you know, liked um liked his history. Um, celebrated his knighthood by dressing as a, as a as a literal medieval knight. Um, just ha- had a, a an all round sense of decency, which is very rare for politicians these days. Um. And yeah, um, rest in peace. I mean, he um, he he advocated for the right things. He had a good moral compass. Um, was a man of faith. Um, and uh, yeah, he was he was um, uh, murdered in the church. Church that I, I I knew quite well. Um, and I think we can um, we should we 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 can probably get off this um as soon as possible because you know it's still fresh. We don't know anything about the attacker motives or anything like that. Um, but this is something that's kind of um, going to keep coming up and up again, isn't it? We, we, we've entered a period of, of decay where violence is um, still shocking, but it's, it's forgotten about by the next day. Yeah, it's sort of weakened by, by exposure. Now, um, the masses murder of Sir David has been um, very tragic, very shocking shocking and I'm sure very frightening to a lot of people and the uh, the condolences have, have been pouring in and the benefits of, of the 24-7 news cycle we could get on it right away and uh, the um, the widower of um, Joe Cox has of course g- given given his thanks to um to David's service and has also sort of called it an echo to the past in a way and it's it's sort of the feeling when um in the mid 2010s when there was a spate of Islamic terror attacks in France and the UK. And when Charlie, I think the first big one was Lee Rigby and then it was Charlie Hebdo in France. And then the similar attacks happened again 
and the, the reaction was the same, but it, it was re repetitive yeah. because these these um, horror shows kept happening. Yeah, mm. Mm. yeah um, my my article in last month's Born Brook was about the um, the early Stevens murder, and um, the, the the point I made at the end was that you know um, this sort of never ending uh, circus of violence and bloodshed is never a you know. It's never a scandal. It's never a point to stop and think. It's always just a news story. People, you know, grimace and say, "Oh, how terrible," and then you know, carry on. Um, and 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 that's the part that kind of worries me. Um, is you know, I mean, obviously, I understand that you know, violence is sort of ubiquitous and always has and always will exist. But um, we seem particularly numb to it these days. Yeah, and. Um foreseeable future i don't see a way out of it because violence isn't really pouring out of a tap that you could close the valve on mm. that's not how it works it, it always escalates and um I fear that will that is currently playing out in the political theater and um not not to accuse anyone but there are real fanatics and provocateurs and people willing to exploit these tragedies for personal political gains mm, mm, mm. we should, yeah. should always point them out and stop stop them yeah yeah i, I mean I, i've already seen a few um sort of uh gags on twitter um people saying you know you, you you couldn't pay me to feel sorry for a tory which is again and and um one thing i i i really loathe is when people um point fingers while the body is still warm um yeah. um and Again, because you know we 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 don't have a motive. We don't know who the killer even is. Um, you know, it could be anything from political motivation to just someone who you know just um, had a few screws loose and just snapped. Um, we don't well, know. Well, at the minute, the, the police have only um, stated his age. Yeah. So, and that, that that's all we have to go on for the time being. As more news comes out, of course, it will be too late for this podcast. Mm, mm. Yeah, but um, I mean, what what one thing I think we um we were already going to discuss um is um I suppose the 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 violent um dehumanizing of anyone deemed outside of the Overton window um that Overton window being increasingly progressive as the years go on um you know just just last month at a Labour conference uh or this month actually um. You know, a lot, a lot of the rhetoric around, you know, Tory scum. Um, you know, there were banners at the at the uh, Tory conference in Manchester saying, you know, Tories have killed X amount. Let's get some on our, our side. Um, <clears throat> in America, where you know, um, it, you can you can get away with shooting them in the street. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's just it's very somber. It's very scary. Um, and I mean, th this is sort of. Um, it's really brought home how unsustainable the current rate of polarizing is. Yeah. Where, you know, suddenly, suddenly it, every now and then it, it just comes home, you know, and you really see it and you really feel it. You know, I, I never thought, you know, in a million years that my MP would be um, you know, stabbed to death in broad daylight. Um, well, I've, I've had this similar experience in politics. You, you hear about same same thing. Well, on a much less horrifying scale, but to do with cancel culture. Now, of course, growing up in this world, you hear about ex-celebrities' tweets of 10 years past have been brought to light. 
and then um, the targets become smaller and smaller. And then because the net is cast so wide and so intrinsic in society, it lands at your front door. Hmm. Yeah, and, see, uh, yeah, yeah. See, the, that that's that's the that's the part about. Um, uh, I, I don't like. I hate the term cancel culture, but that's the part of it that I think is the most concerning, which is that you know it's not really about celebrities or athletes getting cancelled because ultimately they can take the hit you know it's not about jk rowling getting cancelled because she's a billionaire it's about um setting in stone the precedent that one's opinions um make them you know fair game yeah and uh what one story from the news i was planning to talk about originally was the uh the um the current harassment and intimidation of a much respected academic at Sussex University called um, Kathleen Stock. Now she's what the contemporary political lexicon would call a second wave feminist. So, sort of tough, right? after the, so sort of after the suffragettes and before sex in the city. And um, that, that's, that's, my, that's my timeline I'm going with. And uh, so she is described as a gender critical by um, academics and a turf by extremists and now turf affiliated means trans exclusion radical feminist and it's sort of delved recently delved into a civil war between feminists who believe that sex is real that one's chromosomes does determine one's sex and those who think it is a completely set complete a complete social construct and that merely ticking a box on an application form makes you the opposite the opposite gender now she has been rightfully persistent in her beliefs and uh, she has just faced a wave of mob outrage and there have been posters plastered across the university campus saying calling her to be sacked calling her dangerous uh, rather malicious malicious group called something along the lines of anti-turf Sussex which sort of operates in darkness has been launching a coordinated covert campaign against her and recently a uh, sort of stroke of luck for many of us is that the the vice chancellor rather than cave, caving in actually supported uh, stock's right to academic freedom however there is cowardice elsewhere where one of her academics, fellow academics, has turned against her, and the students' union has not overtly denounced her, but gave a statement which, sort, which, along the lines, said that um, we are aware of how how of the harm faced by our transgender community, and we are calling for an investigation to root out institutionalized transphobia, which is you know code word for sack stock basically and i mean I, as someone who was at university not six months ago that this is what the culture is it is a, a complete monoculture where any outsider is liable to be suspended from societies mm. brought in for disciplinary action and mm. well, I, we've i've been numb to this as well it, it happened so frequently that you mm. just brush it aside mm. Yeah, I remember um, uh, a member of the, uh, the 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 union at Sussex um, went on TV. I think it was um, uh, Politics Today or one of those shows, and, um, and accused um, Mr. Stock of um, 
uh, signing a letter that would um, that indicated that you know trans people should be um, like removed from the law or whatever, and that turned out to not be true. Which is again, which is what it is. You know, we, we we've sort of we've we, we've given the wolf a, a a slice of meat. You know, and now it's hungry. Um, you know, it, it it ate the pear but still hungered. It um when you when you give um these people uh, these censorious people um a little victory, they won't be satisfied with that. They'll keep going back for more. Um, and that's unfortunately that's how people get their. Uh, their jobs taken from them, their life is taken from them, and ultimately, it's how they get guilt. Um, yeah. It's a it's a steady path of dehumanizing. Where you know, if you look at the the rhetoric aimed at, you know, what would be labelled a turf again, again, uh, another term that I don't really care much for. Um, you see a lot of things like you know, uh, people with uh, stickers on their cars saying this machine kills turfs, or you know, people with um, banners saying you know shoot turfs kill turfs um and again you know like in the wake of something like this happening even though we don't yet know the motive and it could be completely apolitical something like this is going to have everyone who's ever had that sort of mob on their doorstep and everyone who's had those you know those you know those threatening emails and letters it's going to have them looking over their shoulders yeah well looking over their their shoulders even more Hmm. and um this, the, the people that are drawn into this fanaticism have, number one, a messiah complex, and number two, are just completely and utterly paranoid. I don't think that there's, there is hatred involved there, but it stems from fear. I mean, you look at the, the rhetoric that these are, the turf wielders are using. They said trans people shouldn't have to debate their own existence. Well, Kathleen Stock doesn't want to send them to Auschwitz. No. And uh, so, yeah. as we talked yeah. about it before, if people think their lives are in danger, they're going to do whatever it takes, including physical violence, to defend themselves. Mm. And mm. that is what they think is at stake. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I believe her comments are even qualified when, you know, it, it seems that her method of critique is literally just um, preserving, uh, you know, sort of out of bounds spaces for biological women because you know um if there's any sort of physical confrontation between someone who has been in a woman's body their entire life and someone who was in a man's body until they were 30 i think i know who wins yeah and i think it how unstable the argument is that history shows the more unstable an argument is the more it has to be battered down people's throats and not one through logic and reason but with threats and faults and uh, of course you look at the the case with transgender sports uh, and someone who has gone through puberty as a male will always dominate a female in yeah. most sports and of course that's seen everywhere yeah. there's there's really no argument no logical argument for them to hide behind. Therefore, it's out with the, the hammers and clubs. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No. I've seen. I've seen loads of videos of um, sort of uh, confrontations at protests where you have, you know, this um, a, 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 a trans woman who's, you know, six foot two, you know, two hundred and sixty pounds, squaring up and screaming in the face of, you know, a, a female protester, 
it's um again you know it's it's to what we were saying, you know, with or without what happened to Sir David Amos, which is that if you operate outside of the Overton window, bear in mind the the prevailing moral consensus is one that is simultaneously extremely sanctimonious and extremely willing to use bloodshed for its means, right? Yeah. They will... I mean, you know, they, they constantly talk about, you know, killing and running over and, and shooting and stabbing people who they deem to be Nazis, deem to be fascists, deem to be, you know, racists, whatever. Um, and they can do that sort of thing and sleep like a baby. Um, when, when, when there was that, uh, that shooting in, in Portland, where I, mean, I can't remember the guy's name, um, Aaron Danielson or something like, like that. A guy who was stalked for about 15 minutes before being ambushed and shot to death. The um, the shooter, who himself was later killed by police, had, you know, candlelit vigils in his name and, uh, you know, memorial graffiti dotted around Portland. These are these people who um, not only hate you, not only wish you dead, but would do it themselves and will gladly do it themselves. I mean, they... Uh... They make the people wishing to wield this violence make a lot of comparisons to Nazi Germany. And with how in the late latter days of the Weimar Republic, how political violence was so rampant on the streets, they might not be too far in that assumption. And of course, you could draw comparisons with other historical locations, Northern mm. Ireland, mm. until very recently, so polarized, uh, the former Yugoslavia. Mm. And perhaps one which I think we're the most close to is pre-civil war spain where mm. both sides are so completely partisan and that franco while a fascist dictator was leading a side which believed that the only way to avoid its total annihilation was to secure political power and annihilate the opponents mm. and the opponents thought the same i mean whilst communists burned down churches and massacred the clergy the atrocities were committed on the other side for similar reasons i believe these people were a threat to their own existence hmm. Hmm. well yeah i mean it, it that's the that's the part that um i look at and go oh there's something more happening here it's not just you know violent protests it's not just you know an mp an mp being stabbed it's 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 the symptom of, you know i've made no secret of my uh, what i've now believed to be a, a factual statement that we are in the early stages of a either a, a crisis event or a collapse event i'm still sort of the jury's still out on which one it, it's going to be because you know you you can come back from a crisis but you can't come back from a collapse but the the thing that, that they share in common is that they're preceded by a complete breakdown in social order they're preceded by a complete um partisan split in the public that, that separates you know family friends loved ones on which side you're on the, the violence ramps up until it gets to the point where you have two essentially armed factions going at it in the street. Um, and what we have, a, yeah, go on. Uh, sorry, and I, I, I consistently warn against using the 20th century as a sort of it happened then, so it's happening now because, you know, they're two very different epochs and the tyranny of today is different from the tyranny of yesterday. So, will, so too will be the crisis in the Civil War. But something bad is happening. Something really, really bad is happening. 
Yeah, I, I only really used the, the 20th century just to show that humanity can become so depraved mm. and cannibalistic. Mm. Uh, and yes, it will be fought differently. I don't think people are going to take up arms as they did in Spain and Germany. And But um, I think what, what we are seeing is, we haven't seen it yet, but the imminent radicalization of the other side. There's one side that is already willing to use bats and hammers. Mm. Now we need... now history shows there's always a pushback mm -hmm. the what the uh, the aggressor always reaps the whirlwind there will always be balance and um so how long uh, until the other side just lies on its back and take it i mean what happens with someone like Catherine stocker and just that academic and cultural class they're pacifists but by, by nature willing to believe that the pen is mightier than the sword but what, what if what happens when too many people believe that um, the sword can slice your hand off and that uh, the only way to refight this tyranny, this power, is with an equal or greater use mm -hmm. in physical force. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, and that's what worries me because I really abhor violence. Um, I'm not I'm not a pacifist. Um, I do believe in self-defense, but... Um, Generally speaking, I, I absolutely abhor violence, um, and it just it just again it just seems like the inevitable ending point here, where you know there's only so much of a thing someone can take before they go. Well, if I don't fight back, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Look at the uh, the sort of cultural film hits. There's no cultural film hits today. They've all been revived from the past, besides Joker and Joker and other tales like that. That Fight Club is another cultural hit now and matrix and taxi driver they're all people who've gone to the breaking point mm, yeah. and they realize that this world is completely against them they can't get anything from this world and they decide to torch it to the ground mm. Mm. What, what what happened and we, we've we see this like the the in self and i hate the term but you, you've seen men who completely without hope without help and that is how anger is expressed by a lot of people. It is outward and it is dangerous. And the the the, the target usually is some sort of communal event. Um, if you look at the the targets of mass shootings, it's you know it's schools, it's festivals, it's gaming conventions, um, yeah. it's places where people who succeed socially are able to reap the benefits of their sort of status. And the people who are locked out of it target those, um, you know, again, churches. Um, it's the people who are locked out will lash out on. Because, you know, I mean, <clears throat> we can talk till you know, the cows come home about the, 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 the sources of this sort of violence. Um, but when someone is just broken, um, you know, nothing else makes sense apart from to lash out. And they will lash out, and they will lash out against what they resent, which is, you know, the um, society that, that that they feel has abandoned them. Um, again, it's just, I keep keep coming back to it. It's just like it's just it's a very it's a very dark time because um, you know I think like 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 us all at Bournebrook, we we envision a, a peaceful idyll of you know gentle um, rural communal life. Um, you know, we know and trust everyone, and you have a good rapport with everyone, and you know, you know the postman, you know the copper, and he's friendly to you, and that sort of thing. 
So to look out on the world that's growing increasingly violent and increasingly um, desensitized to violence, um, it's not something that either of us would um, would wish for. Um, and it's something that I just hope is over as quickly as it, as it begins. Um, but I, I don't hold much hope for that. I think, yeah, it's just, um, I don't know. To today, the, the 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 bleakness of what's ahead of us is really kind of hitting home, um, and I don't know if that's just because of what happened um, here in Southend, but um, yeah, uh, a little dark age. Well, as as, as we've said throughout the episode, it's it's not just Southend, nor will, nor will it only be Southend. And uh, <laughs> saying Southend, uh, I'm sure, sending shivers up your spine. That is your hometown, of course. Sorry to dox you. And um sorry, I've already done that. <laughs> and uh it doesn't go to a Methodist church, by the way, don't move there. No, I go to an Anglican church. No. Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> it's high church, it's high he church. Go, he goes to the gym far too much, think he's too into for a fight. It's high church. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Well 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 speaking of uh so another instance of physical, not necessarily physical violence, but total vandalism was seen at the Oxford Freshers Fair mm. and it's pro-life society it's set up a store as all societies are entitled to do and um, a, a small angry pro-choice mob five ten students showed up turned over the table dumped the materials in a bin and, and had to be escorted off by security but would only leave if the security had promised them that the the store would not be reinstated and uh i've had to i don't know if you know this about me Wicker, but i used i used to be a chair of Birmingham pro-life society oh well yeah. I, I know i know at university you rubbed everyone up the wrong way um, yeah uh, well there were sort of they they thrice tried to cancel me one time as an individual and two times the society so the, the first and they're all related with pro-life issue so the, the first motion well the first time was my first end of my first year was a point policy you know where we all get suited and booted get drunk and de debate politics in our slowly drunk ways people take it far too seriously and this was mm. so the motion was whether men should be able to legislate on abortion and I, I, I of course made the case that they should and sort of was a maverick about how I approached it because you know, if abortion's wrong who cares who and um I, I i walked off the stage to my own tribe and, and we all agreed with ourselves in the corner of the room and uh there was michael curzon the, uh, the chair the recently appointed chair of the the tourist society getting absolutely mauled in the corner because how dare he allowed me to, to make a speech and on the spot they demanded that i be uh suspended from the uh, the society and banned from future events and eventually and because i talked to you about this before but the society was received a letter from i'm not sure whether it was the pro-choice society itself or just angry students both the same aren't they yeah and, and their demands were of course to ban me from the society and ban me from future events they failed if it was another chair, I don't think I would have been so fortunate. Hmm. So, and last year that the, the, uh, the Birmingham Pro Life Society um, formally started, and 
I, I of course, um, just went down and see what it was about. And, and they were looking for people to be on committee. And I said, yeah, well, second year politics is just as boring as the first one. That's some drama. <laughs> and uh, so the, the second time they tried was uh, a petition. They, they love the petitions. They just can't get enough of them. They think writing their words on a magical piece of paper is like kryptonite. Hmm. It's not. And um, so they had us. So someone, uh, I think our old chair, posted on the one of the um, the uni Facebook socials about an event we were holding and just to come down. Then, of course, literally within 24 hours later, there was, a, there was an, another angry post on the same site that a petition calling for everyone to sign. How dare the student union allow this abhorrent society? They failed with that petition. And then the, the third time was uh, when I was chair. That was, that was in the, the year of COVID, so nothing was going on. And um, we got a uh, false accusation of uh, slut shaming. And that was posted, the, the accusation was not formally at the Students' Union or anyone. It was an anonymous post on a site called Brumford. You know, those websites where students post anonymously about whatever crap's yeah, on them. Yeah. It was yeah. one of them. And, and they said to the, uh, it was time of the Guild of the Students' Union elections. So to whoever is appointed to the students' union positions in the year, please can they promise to ban this abhorrent, evil pro-life society? And uh, and then Killer was one of them slut-shamed me last year when I was receiving health care. It, it was completely false. Did you ever they, feel um, did you ever feel like an imminent threat to your like physical safety though? No, because I think I can throw a punch or two. <laughs> no, the uh, if if I had a school that was being vandalised, I would I would be like I would be reacting. Yeah, I, I'm not one of these you know calm Catholic children who who just stand by and watch themselves get martyred. No, oh. that that have got me in bigger trouble though. But I still have done it. So yeah, oh. they um no I didn't know about that post. No one in the society or the committee knew about that post until I met with an old colleague on a, our old um, course mate on a campus that day. And he said, so, so what's, what's going on with the, with the Brumfest post? I'm thinking, what Brumfest post? Oh, there's, there's one about your society again. Oh, it's probably nothing. <laughs> and uh, then, then of course he shows me and uh, that's when we um, request a meeting with the Students' Union and the Students' Union who have been working always complete cowards they couldn't mm-hmm. sack they couldn't ban us because it was it was against the law there was there was a ruling on the stratified pro-life society in court detailing that they did have a right to exist and um so we, we had a meeting with the student union representatives and uh so we ask so what can be done about this there's this anonymous post written by god knows who they might have been dared to do it. They might have been drunk at the time. Who bloody knows? But this has not happened. They, the time they state, it was illegal for people to meet up. So <laughs> their argument falls on deaf ears. And the students' union try and absolve themselves of all responsibility. And, and they say, well, we don't have responsibility for this site. The only thing we can do is give this anonymous blogger the, the chance to um, hand in a formal complaint. No formal complaint was ever handed in. 
but but of course the mob mentality and total groupthink of students means that um, the accusation was automatically found to be true because we were the evil enemy mm. and uh, yeah mm. I mean, when i was chair there's just this I was I wasn't afraid of censorship, but there's just this siege mentality which mm. falls over you. Mm. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that when these when, when these children graduate and go into the the big bad world, they're not gonna they're not gonna de-radicalize because the world as it is rewards them for that behavior. Oh yeah. well, yes, of course you um, become an activist. Well, isn't there a, a university somewhere on this blessed isle is hiring decolonizers? Probably more than one. I think it was University. It might be Edinburgh. I'm not too sure. I think it's that geographic location. But um, it's hiring from their student base people wanting to go through course material, book material, whatever, to look for things to decolonize. And on the on the application form, it says a a, um, experience in activism and campaigning is desired. So these people. The, the universities and the institutions just want to create the, the next wave of um, cultural revolutionaries. And of course, when they're in the workforce, never de radicalized because they're handed power and it's like a drug to them. Mm. It's when, pro, when the repeated attempts of censorship or pro life societies, the main, main thing I think is these people are so impulsive. They're like a right. jungle, they yeah. cannot control themselves, they're so determined. Mm. Mm. Honestly, I'd classify it as a drug addiction if I was that kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I had my experience at that university. I mean, I wasn't um I wasn't a particularly political university, so it wasn't like as pronounced as say Birmingham, um or even Oxbridge or any of the uh, Russell Group schools. But um, I was very briefly uh, public enemy number one on not only the tab but also um, Yik Yak, which was like an anonymous like app, like a Twitter app for my university. Because um, I, <laughs> me and some friends uh, started the Chexit movement to uh, secede my university from um, the NUS. Um, and, and, and you know, we, we did it in you know the spring of 2017. So it was you know it was sort of peak um, Corbyn youthquake, uh, post Brexit sort of um, insanity. Um, yeah, it was just you know it was, but it, but again, it was things have gotten significantly worse in the in the four years that since elapsed to the point where I didn't feel any you know the worst I would have got was someone calling me a wanker in the SU, right? Um, Nowadays, if I was on campus and I was known as like a you know a, a sort of subversive, a dissident, um, I think I would genuinely think twice about um, going to certain parts of campus. I think I, I would genuinely feel not necessarily a fear, but you know, I just, a, an unease at the thought that any moment I could be the subject of some sort of verbal or physical attack. Um, and that's it, and, and and that's kind of that's been growing. Um, consistently for the last several years where again going back to, to the top of the conversation if you are you know sort of um earmarked as a, as a dissident it's fair game to go after you in any in any way financial physical verbal anything no, no way will the institutions defend you i mean that they're on the rioters side it's, the students union didn't come to our defense when we were falsely accused and how easily could that false accusation have been one of sexual assault right how easily could someone have been maimed even yeah. just using the initials picks out people very quickly. And you know, the case with the, with Brett Weinstein a few years ago on Evergreen mm-hmm. Campus where, was it Day Without White People? He showed up in protest and he was literally chased out. 
and uh, oh no, he was falsely imprisoned. Then he was chased out, and then in the next few days, people were roaming campus with weapons, looking for him. Oh my god, I wouldn't step foot on campus. <laughs> I, I, I mean, one on one, I might be able to hang myself in a fight, but no, not an entire campus. That's that's how scary it is, and I'm glad I've I've left that world behind me. Into a world where all these fanatics have graduated into. Hmm. 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 Um, I think we should probably uh, call it a day there um, on that bombshell. It's um, it's been quite a somber episode. Um, uh, yeah, um, we've discussed some pretty dark themes. Um, and uh, yeah, so before we go, I just want to sort of. Uh, end where we, where, where we began, which is to um, extend my um, sincerest condolences to the family of Sir David. Um, I, uh, yeah, I hope, I, I wish peace upon him. Um, I hope he's in a better place. Um, Luke, do you have any uh, closing remarks? No, I, was, uh, I of course, um, didn't know that the, the identity of the, uh, the South and MP until today, and regardless of, of titles his death is very tragic and he should be mourned mm. and yes my heart goes out to, to his family in a horrifying time mm. 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 absolutely well um we'll leave it there for another week um hopefully we'll be back with um the happier topic of covid next week we've uh, managed to avoid it this week um thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week cheers